Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode was recorded in a studio before the pandemic. Hi, I'm Talia Bacassis. And I'm Kim France. And welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. Uh, so today's show is not exactly a topic, um, but we have the incredible photographer Eleanor Carucci here with us. Hi, Eleanor. Hi, Tali. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show. It's a pleasure. Um, so Eleanor recently published a book of photos called Midlife that feels like a companion piece to so much of the conversation that we're having on this show. Maybe I can describe it a bit for the listeners. So the book is full of portraits that Eleanor has taken of her home and family life, as well as of her body. Uh, There's an image of your profile where you can see one lone white hair standing up the way all of our white hairs do, all kinky, (laughs) like the rest of your hair is cooperating with you, but the white hair is like rebellious. Uh, There are close-ups of your skin. There is an image of you sweaty after a workout uh, with your hair full of hair dye. You and your husband putting away groceries. You and he embracing after sex. And moments of motherhood, like you hugging your son, who looks like he's maybe 11 years old or something like that. Yeah. While you're not, (laughs) I wrote, while you're unclothed. (laughs) (laughs) And the titles of the photos are very amusing. That one is called, Can I Still Hug My Son Naked? Basically, the images are tender and raw and ordinary and profound. And mostly, they feel very, very real. And also, I want to say the cover is the back of your head with, like, your hair is brown and there's just white hairs interspersed through the brown. And it's funny because I do root touch up for the top of my hair and yesterday I went into a clothing store where they had front and back mirrors and for the first time I saw the back of my head and I was like oh the back of my head has tons of gray hair but nobody's (laughs) told me because I've only been focusing on the front (laughs) anyway so if it wasn't obvious from that description I loved your book so maybe this is a big question but what are you trying to say about this time in your life I think this body of work 
started without me knowing what I was trying to say, without me actually knowing that this is what I'm doing, photographing my midlife. But once I realized that I am, it was maybe two years into the work, um, there was so much I wanted to say. I wanted to talk about the pain and the difficulties and the loss. I wanted to talk about being the middle generation between older parents and younger kids. And I really also wanted to talk about how much more liberating, liberated I feel in my 40s. I am speaking up my mind more and more opinionated. I know what I want. My priorities are more set. And so I wanted to talk about the joys and the pains. And also, I just wanted to talk about being middle-aged because I feel this is, I haven't seen in photography a body of work about being middle-aged. And also when talking about, when just saying actually the word middle-aged to many of my female friends, they're like, don't say it, don't (laughs) say it, as if it is a curse. And in a way I wanted to say, like many periods in our lives, there are a lot of challenges. There are things I don't like about being middle-aged, but there are a lot of things to celebrate and appreciate. We've talked on this show a lot about how in midlife you're often treated as if you're invisible. And your book feels like an affront to that idea. It's almost like you're daring people to look at you and really see you. That's exactly right. (laughs) I mean, part of it is for the audience. Part of it is also for me, in a way, kind of letting the camera be a mirror, um, letting the camera put a secret out there and being liberated from the secret. Um, So I think it's both for me, a lot for my female friends, and then for the audience. Exactly, a secret. Like it's when you're looking at the photos, there's so much about the grooming. And so a lot of the grooming feels like telling people, look, this is all the stuff we do. You know, the hair dye, the plucking, the mustache over the lip. Like there's (laughs) so many things that you have to work on. That's exactly right. It felt like a secret. Like she's telling everybody all the stuff that we do. And and some of it I stopped halfway through, like dyeing my hair. Yeah, I noticed it. So in the book, you have this photo of yourself dyeing your hair. Right. And now you've come in and your hair is obviously going gray. Right, right. So some of it I was like, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore. Of course, we all want to look beautiful and young. And I am just like anyone else. I want to look beautiful and young. But I also just want to be me. And I don't want to keep hiding or covering what I am. So I'm trying to let the hair go gray, but still keep it as pretty as I can. It's interesting. I'm also thinking about the fact that you called it a secret because your photos are so painfully intimate sometimes. What's it like to have those photos out in the world? So as I said, for me, it's kind of liberating. I think that many people talk about carriage in relation to my work. And I feel that it's almost the opposite of being courageous. It's um, kind of a voice going out to the world saying, this is who I am, this is who we are, and can we not hide anymore? So it's something that in a way has a good effect on me and an effect that can be also positive for other people. So I'm trying to put some of those universal themes Uh, in the work that I know many people will relate to, men and women in their middle age, especially women related to this body of work, but also men. Um, There was this line in the introduction that it's a deeply honest look at the, quote, 
intense, exhausting self-monitoring that can feel like an inescapable part of owning a female body. Did you think about that when you were taking the photos? I know you talked a little bit about not quite seeing what you were doing right away. I think since it, it's the way I've always worked, um, the self-examination to an exhausting, I guess, level was something I was used to since I was 15 in a way. I've been photographing my life, leaving home, the relationship with my mother when I was younger, then motherhood in my previous book, Mother. So in a way, I always looked into my life, my body, the people I know best in order to find those universal themes that I'm trying to talk about. But if I want to talk about motherhood, mine or my mother or marriage in a deep, way, in a way that will show also the ugliness and the flaws, I feel I can only do it from my own life. Yeah, your mother was your first muse, right? Right. She was your, hmm. your first subject. Right. And I think I was preparing for a talk and I was looking at very early work from when I was a teenager, even photographing my mother. And uh, before I knew, before I had those opinions of the day, before I knew I was a feminist in a way, even though she really raised me to be a feminist, she didn't have a career. And since I was like four or five years old, she was like, you will always make your own money. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I remember those moments. But a lot of those themes are there in those early photographs I took of her, just trying to figure out who is my mother other than being my mother, who is she as a woman, as a person? She could be intimidating to me. She was very beautiful and glamorous, very demanding. She's like a typical Jewish mama. Of, <laughs> you know, everything you do, you have to be the best. And she put a lot of pressure on me, but pushed me and believed in me. But she was not easy to deal with. And I actually think that until I started photographing her, that was my way to kind of understand my mom, see her in a different way, enjoy the sides of her that were difficult for me, let them be inspiration. Let her be my muse, as you said. Maybe I should try photographing my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's a good thing for everyone to do. <laughs> well, I, looking at your book, my mother died a few years, not a few years ago now, it's a, about 12 years ago, and I felt a sense of longing looking through the book because you seem to have a real intimacy with your mother. Do you see each other every day? I mean, it makes it look that way. I mean, my parents live in Israel, and oh. I, I live here. So, oh, so then definitely not. <laughs> I speak to her every day, and we are very close, but also there is something about the photography that is bringing me closer to the people I, photogra I photograph and pushes me to go deeper into the relationship with them and into who they are to the point where sometimes it's not easy for my mother. So you put her in situations for the photographs or are you photographing natural situations that are occurring in your life? Both. I mean, some of the images are almost snapshots. Some are with two lights and with the concept that we discussed before the shoot. Many times she doesn't want to be photographed um, and she says no and I <laughs> beg. Same with my kids. Um, I was going to ask about that. I saw... Um, Lauren Greenfield, the photographer, she has, there's a documentary about her work, and she's constantly photographing her sons. And one of them writes on a piece of paper, you have a problem, <laughs> and holds it up to the camera. 
Do you get any of that? Of course. <laughs> it's not easy to photograph teenagers. And it's wonderful that I'm still photographing them. They're twins. They're 15 years old. They still have me photograph. I photograph them and their friend. And, you know, I'm trying to really understand what it is to be a teenager in New York today through them. There are a lot of Instagram accounts now that are like body positivity mm -hmm. or um, I've seen some age positive ones as well. But the people somehow still look very glamorous. Right. Like There's like a glamour to it with white hair, let's say, or, or things like that. And I felt like your book is one of the few instances that I've seen of a real aging body, not glamorized and not also made to look any worse than it should. Just look, this is what it is. Right. I'm not sure what the question is. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> it's interesting that you're bringing it up because I just a few days had a conversation with my daughter who is 15 years old about that. And I said, maybe as a parent, we should never say it, but I said, I think it's easier for your generation as women because there is a lot of talk and exposure of like different body types and Ashley Graham. And, and she said, which was interesting to me, she said, no, mom, it's exactly the same. If you're not Ashley Graham or Adele, if you're not a big celebrity, it's exactly the same. Nothing has changed. Have to be beautiful and thin. Really? Which, I mean, it's my daughter's opinion. That's yes. how she feels. But it was interesting for me that she said it. So I was trying to think about all those Instagram, about a lot of women that are sharing much more these days. I mean, even when I published Mother and there was... Um, this photograph I took my body after the C-section, the pregnancy, there wasn't a lot of images like that to look at. And that was one of the reasons I was like so upset about all the celebrity perfect pictures out yeah. there and the Madonna and child images throughout the history of art and photography. And I feel that there is more of it right now. But to really know how it affects young women and how they feel about their bodies, I don't fully know. Hmm. Well, because I've seen a lot of the, especially the body positivity ones. But the other thing I noticed is that people are always smiling. Right. So, the, and they're in certain positions. Like it's still, there's still an artifice to it. I right. guess that's the point. And right. that it didn't feel like there was an artifice to your photos. It felt. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I would be badly failing as an artist. Yeah, like that image of you wearing your reading glasses, plucking. A hair from your breast. It was like all these things kind of combine in my head of what's happening here. It's like the vanity of removing the hair, but the lack of vanity of the photograph. There's <laughs> a lot of layers. It's also really funny. Yeah, <laughs> right. Really funny. Um, like the gray hair. I mean, and I, yeah. I, I'm often inspired by stand up. Ah, um, hmm. So I was hoping to have some humor into some of it because I always make fun of it. And I think it's a way to deal. Like, why does the gray hair has to grow in that like direction. an antenna? I what's <laughs> like grumpy old man? Like, what's going on here? Can it just grow normally? I feel like the think white hairs <laughs> are that when you put your hand on that ball with the static, like at the... What's the ball called? Oh, like yeah, I know what you're museum. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like at the science museum where people's hair stand up. It's like you put your hand on the ball and only the white hairs are responding to that. <laughs> What's the thing called? 
I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. I don't know. He always mentions it. This morning, I saw, I was like looking at my chin and lip area, kind of like, I can't even bother today. (laughs) There was just so much going on. Well, I have a mustache, and I keep asking my husband if I have a mustache, and he keeps saying no. And then I realized that he needs reading glasses, so he doesn't see the mustache. Right. (laughs) And then I asked my kids, and they're like, oh, yeah, you have a very serious mustache. Also, the husbands are trained to never say anything, you know. It's like always denying deny, deny, anything deny. that you might get upset over about our he says, appearance. He answers the question without actually looking. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah, has, did I gain weight? No. No. Did I look as pretty no. as I did yes. 20 no. years ago? Yes. 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 He's no. just like <laughs> they're under threat, <laughs> trying to think about the right thing to do to get out of trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Stay so out don't ask the husbands. They, yeah. Fair point. They will lie to us Fair if point. they love us. We're going to take a quick break for some ads. 
and highest Sarah absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. Welcome back to Everything is Fine. There's an amazing photo of your uterus. Yes. In the book. And <laughs> I've been really dying to hear the story of how you got that photo. <laughs> Again, it's a kind of a comic situation that is bittersweet because um, I had fibroids. I had massive bleedings. I had to go through the surgery. And I was really, really, really devastated about this, about the loss. Even though I was 43, most likely not to have more children. So I went into the surgery really depressed. But before that, I spoke to my surgeon. I gave her my previous books, and we agreed that I will photograph the uterus. I told her it's really important for me before I go home, not right after the surgery, <laughs> which is what ended up happening. Oh, really? So I go into the surgery, three-hour full anesthesia, and I wake up to my, so I came home, I came from home with all the gear, lights and everything, because that's how I always shoot with lights usually. So I was prepared. So I wake up, my husband is in my face and he's telling me, you got to wake up and photograph the uterus. They're taking your uterus away. <laughs> <laughs> so I am so nauseous from the anesthesia and I'm opening my eyes and I see my surgeon arguing with a woman from the hospital that saw the gear or heard about them keeping the uterus and she was nervous about this photo shoot, which I understand <laughs> also yeah, yeah, the hospital, evil, yeah. all the loss, crazy lawsuit culture in America. So I think she was just doing her job. But my surgeon was arguing with her. I promised my patient that she... Go, your surgeon. That's amazing. She was really amazing. And she really understood that it's, as she put it in word, it's a part of my healing process to take this picture. So then I'm up and my surgeon says, she's up, she's up. She's running to me with a bucket <laughs> with my uterus in it. <laughs> my husband is putting the lights. He gives me the camera. And my surgeon is putting, she arranged the uterus. And I'm also emotionally, this, this is so weird to see the home of my children, the kind of symbol of my femininity there on the table by my bed. But I didn't have time to, you know, think about it too much. My husband put the two strobes. I'm like, aperture eight, move it here. <laughs> um, and I took maybe five or six pictures and my surgeon took the uterus away. Your uterus in that photo sort of looks like a very expensive piece of sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it like this. It did to me. I wonder if I should take it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Actually, I was impressed by it because um, it feels kind of firm and strong. I was like... Nice uterus. There are the <laughs> fibroids in front of it. 
Um, oh, the fibroids are in front of it. I'll they're in front it of it, and the uterus itself is is a muscle. Actually, it does look like a muscle, and I'm I'm just glad I took the picture, even though it wasn't easy to take, like emotionally and and the, the circumstances. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So one thing also, there's a lot more nudity in your family than in my family. More hugging of when nude also. Like a lot of the images have one family member clothed and one person mm-hmm. naked and holding each other, caressing. And so the photos are very revealing. Is that part of your natural life or it's more you wanted to express something so you put people in that situation? Um, it is part of my natural life. It is how I grew up. My parents would walk around in their underwear or before the shower, after the shower, naked. And we would see each other naked. We still do uh, when I visit Israel or when they visit here. Then I met my husband, who not only came from a family of photographers and had a lot of gear oh. that he gave me as present, oh. uh, but he was always naked. And he grew up with kind of naked parents. There is a lot of that as well in his culture and that's how we are at home but when you bring the camera into a situation it changes things and it it brings an awareness to what until a minute ago was just fine so there is the notion of are we still naked now we're naked but it's going to be photographed because then you start thinking about the audience the audience or what what does it represent? I mean, many times when you bring a camera into a situation with my own family or even when I'm photographing strangers for magazines, you're kind of immediately, you're on a photographic stage, I call it. And then everything you do will represent you in some kind of way. So the nudity is a part of my life, um, but the choice to keep it there for the pictures is another kind of decision. My kids would never, my kids are barely able to be naked ever. In our house, yes, but. I mean, when I. mean, I, actually me too, when I think about it, I'm putting it all on them, but. I think a lot of it is American culture, because when I moved here um, in 95, it was the first time that I met women who have never seen their mother naked. I mean, being a naked around your father, even in Israel, is more unusual, and it's typical. Like, it's it's true for my family, but to see my mom and my grandma and my aunt naked, I think all of my friends, so like among women, the women in the family, see each other naked. It's It's not a thing. Moving to America, when I started to talk, to show my work and talk about my work, for the first time, I met women who've never seen their mother naked, and I was... I was shocked, uh, and suddenly it Can also became a thing, like a theme in my work that I wasn't so aware of. Does know, that seem uh, strange to you? Have you seen your mother naked? I have seen my mother naked, but you know, I think I saw, no, my mom, I, I will still see, if I'm like at her house at bath time, she'll yeah. like, yeah. yeah, she's pretty Because my pretty mom open. was pretty open, and I'm trying to be open, but then at a certain point I wonder when I should not be open, but so you've, like, was your mom unusual then? I mean, you've met my mom. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's, I don't think it was unusual, but I, I'm not surprised yeah. by this information. Yeah. I think that um, it's interesting because we had someone on here talking about menopause. And That's she why said, I was right, asking. I read, I That's why I was asking. She, yeah. um, the thing that I thought was so interesting was that mothers don't talk to their daughters about it. And that's where a lot of the shame for it. 
where right. it comes from. So it seems... Well, that's what I was just thinking. Like, if you've never seen somebody naked, then it kind of... Of course, you're not going to talk about your body if it's this hidden away thing, and it kind of feeds into the shame around your body and menopause and those kinds of things. Which, I mean, this has been an argument I had with people because I have seen my mother and photographed my mother naked, my grandmother naked, and... I think it's so healthy for my kids to see me naked, to see my mother naked, which they've all also seen. And so to see my body, my scars after, you know, so when they arrive to this time, they don't only have porn or magazine naked bodies in mind, but also grandma's body. I mean, many times I'm like seeing something in my body, but then remember it in my grandmother's body make me forgive it or maybe even love it a little bit more and many times I have to argue with people about people sometimes feel that it's it's unhealthy or it's pervert um, the nudity in my work and I not only think it's not pervert I think it's healthy and I think it's necessary and so I had some heated argument in some of my talks or discussions well, about this element in the world. If we compared our naked bodies to real naked people instead of right. comparing our bodies. Right. I'm not even talking about your kids. I'm talking about myself. Right. If I wasn't comparing myself to a magazine photo. Right. But my own mother. I was thinking about um, when I was growing up. We could probably end up cutting this. But um, <laughs> when I was growing up, my mom had a friend who was a photographer named Gay. And she took a portrait of her, a self-portrait with her mother. And they were both topless. Gay block? block I love her <laughs> I love her and I have this book of her mm-hmm. mother exposed oh yes so you know you've seen oh, the that's po- hilarious. I've, I've <laughs> seen taught the topless this photo. work yes I know the work so um I gay grew up with my mother in Houston in Houston which is a small town and so or was in those was <laughs> and another friend named Marilyn bought the photo and hung it in her house and one of her kids <laughs> One of Gay's kids came home from school very upset one day because the kids were like, I saw your mom and grandmother <laughs> topless yeah, at right. Marilyn's house. And I could see that being hard for boys. Yeah, like, it, yeah. Is, it is something I deal with, too. Yeah. 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 Which is also, you know, it's okay. They will go through it, my kids. They will hopefully survive it. But it can be a little embarrassing when this is the work your mom is doing. <laughs> yeah. I was curious about the reaction to your book, not just by the public, but also by the people closest to you, like your daughter and your mother. With my mother, I think it's complicated. There is the side of my mom that always pushed me to have my voice heard and, and do what I truly believe in. But now that she is older, um, I think sometimes she wonders why, in her words, do I make life difficult for me? (laughs) (laughs) Why, as she said, her words, why a beautiful woman like you want to make herself ugly? (laughs) She's afraid, I think, that I am making, as again, as she said, life difficult, making the work maybe less sellable. We have seen throughout making this project and showing it to people that some people don't want to show this work, they don't want to publish this work, they think it's confrontational, that it will make people uncomfortable, that it will not sell. Confrontational how? Um, In what I'm putting out there, 
Um, even I mean, as little as I will not dye my hair, I will not hide my wrinkles, I will not hide my mustache, even though I just electrified it with <laughs> electrolysis, but never mind. There is something that feels to people like it's confrontational, um, like we're not conforming into the... I'm just going to cover every sign of my aging and just try to look younger. So you hire me and you publish my book. Well, it's very fuck you. I mean, in a really positive way. Oh, oh, it's very fuck you. It's very fuck you. But I want, like every artist, I want to do fuck you and say exactly what I feel and think, but yet to have the work shown and published. (laughs) So, and this is where my mom is worried. And some of what she's saying, I don't even want to hear because I have those fears myself. Um, I want to say fuck you, but, and I did, and it was not easy to publish this book. It took a while, but now that I have so many, especially women, but also men, supportive of this work, it means so much to me. It really is a good surprise because the journey was pretty lonely. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. You, at the beginning of the show, you talked a bit about this is a time where you feel really liberated also, and you feel like you know who you are, you know what you want. In a good day. Yeah, can you talk a bit about that? How do, how do you feel about this phase of your life, the upside? I just feel that I know myself more. I know what I believe in. I know what I want to say with my work. I know what I want to do as a mom more. Uh, I know more about the person I can be within the limits of who I am. And I less want to pretend to be someone else or, you know, I just just want to be trying to be the best version of myself, but still be me with the good and the bad. Um, So there is something that is liberating about it. And it is empowering to see other women that I can identify with, even the artist Nan Golden Hmm. and people like that, that I, and and gay, that were really inspiring. Can you say that to your mom? Um, I do say that to my mom. And we had a lot of those conversations. And I think... Um, it's hard for me to see that there was when I was young and beautiful, she was like, go out there to the world and take it and just do whatever you want. Now that I'm older and not as beautiful, she can't say the same thing um, in order to support me, in order to what she feels is supportive of me. And she wants to protect me from the discrimination that the world brings to middle-aged women. So her, her intentions are good. She always wanted me to put more makeup, even when I was younger. (laughs) Um, She wants me to look as beautiful as possible because it does make things easier. And stopping to dye my hair did change the reaction of the world to me. So in a way, I'm really moved by how much she's worried about me. And I want to even prove to her that um, there is another way to succeed. You know, one thing that I've realized in the past few years, because I'm 55, and I realize, like, my mother never is going to stop worrying about Right, right. (laughs) It never ends. It just never ends. Right. It's so right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's beautiful. I mean, in a way, it can be burdening, their worry, but it's still some kind of protection. There is someone in this world that will always worry about you. Because it comes from love. It comes from love, and it doesn't change. You are her baby. You are her baby. Mm-hmm. That's nice to know I'm somebody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you? I have been focusing on photographing my children. 
and their teen years and their also social cycles as much as I can. And I am an outsider. I mean, I'm their mom, but I am not the teen one. I'm photographing teen as a middle-aged woman. And so I have a little bit of an outside gaze and this is all it can be. It can't be anything else. Hopefully I can make interesting work with that. No, I think it sounds fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm always fascinated by teenagers. Yeah. Just in general. And I right. think being a New Yorker, growing up in New York and being a teenager is such a complicated thing. It's really difficult. I don't know, you know, looking at them and thinking about being middle-aged, I think it's even harder for them. We tend to idolize youth. They're not even enjoying, most of them, how beautiful no. and flawless they are. As, as I mean, I'm thinking about my 16, 15-year-old now. If I had the stomach, if I had the skin. <laughs> but back then, I was miserable, insecure. You know. Well, <laughs> nobody ever knows. I mean, you never, you never know what you have when you have it. I when, guess. When it comes to youth, it yeah. just, yes. it's meant to be squandered, <laughs> I, I guess, think. yeah. Um, but it's, it's a very difficult time, very challenging. Mm. Yeah. I just wanted to tell people to go out and find Midlife by Eleanor Carucci. Thank and you. is there anything else, anywhere else that you would like people to find you or follow you or anything else you want to? I'm on Instagram, Facebook. There's my website. Uh, the book is available through Monacelli Press, my publisher on Amazon. So thank you for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts, Talia Bacassis and Kim France. If you like the show, be sure to rate it and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have suggestions for show ideas or anything else, email us at tallyandkim at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram that is EIF Podcast, and you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 